Welcome to the Scale Up Valley podcast, where we bring the best of the best to help scale your business from 1 million to 1 trillion. Today, we have a very special guest. Her name is Ruth Poon, the Country Managing Director at Booth Electronics Australia. Ruth, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mike. It's, it's great to have you here, and especially it was a good coordination to be able to cross this almost 12-hour uh, time zone difference. Uh, but let's get to know more about yourself and, um, and of course, about uh, Roof Electronics Australia as well. Okay, so um, I guess a, a little bit about myself. I've, I've been with the company since um, 2006 uh, for Worth Electronics, not Worth Electronics, in the um, UK, um, working for various departments. Um, so I've got a wide skill range, you know, from various types of um, business um, focuses from internal to external. Um, I guess I fit quite well into the company. I've always been quite fortunate to have worked for companies um, with team members where their priority was to deliver high levels of customer service. Um, as with with Electronics, they have a clear vision, um, very strong customer mission statements, and some inspiring internal team mottos, which you know I, I'd still remember some of these from my previous companies as well. Um, and at each of these organizations, I've always gained quite, um, I guess, memorable mentors and coaches, and some of them I, I still am in contact with. It's amazing. For myself. Inspiring. And um, what about Worth uh, Electronics? So could you get to let us know a little bit more about the state of growth of the company? you know, uh, some of the stats, number of employees, et cetera, et cetera, some, some metrics, uh, and, and of course, what do you do uh, specifically? Yeah, so um, I, the company here with Electronics Australia is in the grand scheme of things of the WIF group, we're a startup company. Uh, we became its own limited entity back in um, March, April, 2017. We were operating as a sales office in Australia and New Zealand. Mm -hmm. uh, we're part of a bigger group of companies, part of the Worth Electronic Group. Um, they are a manufacturer of uh, electronic components, uh, sales and development of components as well. And they employ 7, 000, about 7,300 people across the globe, across um, you know 43 countries and 200 bees as well in a head office because they have their own uh, beehive outside, you know, for the environmental purposes. Um, it generates globally uh, about 850 million euros worth of sales. That was the figures from last year. And the electronics division is just one of the Worth Group companies. And that, that started up in 1945. Um, and they are now the global market leader in fastener technology. Um, their total group turnover is about 14 billion euros and just over 78,000 employees. Well done, that's, that's 
amazing uh, scale and it's that's what I like to also see as you know we cover a lot of scale-ups on the show uh, but at the same time it's very inspiring to see large organizations with a lot of different kind of companies within the portfolio of that large organization so you have companies in different stages within the, that, that portfolio so that's really uh, inspiring and um, okay well let's go to discuss the three critical ingredients to to scale so for the ones who are following us for um, for the last 150 plus episodes you already know what are the main ingredients that we always discuss but i will repeat radical focus world-class leadership and a culture of execution so starting with um, radical focus and um, so we are living in very special times with with this pandemic and, and you are based in in australia in, in in melbourne to be more precise so how is the situation there maybe that's also a good context for for the ones that are listening to this episode well <clears throat> each i guess with with australia and new zealand there's a real border so they reacted quite fast with some of the toughest lockdown situations um and everybody just works through this you know to reduce the community transmission and the incoming transmission mm-hmm. from um you know, various locations. Um, we're very isolated from the rest of the world, you know, because of the time differences and the geography. Mm-hmm. But what I've found with, um, I guess, the, the the cultural aspects of Australians and, and uh, people in New Zealand is they just adapt really fast, you know, mm-hmm. and just get on with business. And they pulled together, you know, to help each other. So there was a lot of advice giving between um, companies, and it was it was all about well, let's let's share our experiences, find out what works, and, and just keep adapting, you know, to pull through. Um, of course, you know, not everything's all rosy, you know, for every company, but it's all about um, helping each other, which seems a really good culture to be in over here. Absolutely. And when did you move to uh, Australia, by the way? This is something relevant for, for our conversation. Um, I moved uh, around about mid-2018, so I've been here for just over two years now. So, so you still can appreciate some of the components of, of the culture uh, where, you, where you are and where you have been uh, in, in the UK before, I assume, right? Yeah, it's very, it's very um, similar to almost uh, the northern culture of, of England. Everybody's super friendly and they love to chat and learn about you. And, you know, it's, it's get to know the person first. It's the, uh, um, the relationship building and then business comes easier afterwards. <laughs> That's great. Which is also something that uh, happens um, in Asia in general, right? Uh, so, mm-hmm. uh, which is something good to learn. Uh, I don't say in any situation nowadays, but uh, it's it's much more a relationship-based uh, culture and less transactional uh, as other uh, cultures, as American, uh, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. 
Cool. And uh, by the way, so we all had this plan prepared for 2020 and end of the first quarter uh, things happened, right? <laughs> and we need to adapt, as you said, and it's it's cute that uh, people over there are adapting really fast and this is a component of the culture. But how did you adapt yourself with your team to define uh, your critical priorities given the new situation and and especially the uncertainty component of it. So you didn't know what to adapt to because it was always changing and we didn't know very well what would be happening in the upcoming months. So now it's kind of from March to, to December in, in this situation. And so how are you redefining your, your priorities for the year and how is it going? I guess when you're talking about redefining priorities, um, they're always they're always there anyway in the foundation of not just the company but the um, team members as well. Um, and then when you can work together as a group and have an open, uh, open, transparent conversation about what's needed to be done, people are stronger as a team, as a group. You know, so uh, as I said, the relationship's already there, and we had all, all quite frank conversations with each other on, you know, how will we pull through this, and that's pretty much it. You know, when you've got a plan in place, you've got a transparency, and you've all got disagreement of how you will adapt. You just make it happen, and that two-way feedback needs to be there so that you know the idea flows need to come in so that we can all be happy with, are we doing the right thing? God, it's, it's, it's cool the, the way you phrase it and, and even the way you communicate. So it's, it's very calm. So it creates a lot of peace, which is very good in terms of uh, <laughs> facing the uncertainty of, of the situation. And, um, and so do you have any any tricks, any lessons, any experiences in order to keep, for, for leaders who want to keep everyone focused during this situation. So you have already shared some, um, some tips for that. So kind of being uh, transparent and talking about things uh, without, without hiding them and really talking with the team to find solutions with the team for the challenges that's, that come on our way. Is that anything else, any any story that you'd like to share uh, from from this period with the team? Yeah, well, in terms of focus, it's like when you know the saying goes, you know, you can you can drag a horse to what, but you can't make it drink, you know, and <laughs> and in, in order to make somebody prioritize that focus, you know, for the company, you have to also understand well. What is, what is that individual's values and objectives, objectives as well? You know, how does that align with the company? You know, how, um, and when they do align, you know, that's when you get that focus. Because you know, at the end of the day, you know, we're all people, we're all human. Um, our priorities are all different. So when you can overlap that with the work, and, and they always say, you know, when you enjoy what you're doing, when you're, when you um, when you're totally engaged 
you don't have to really feel like it's work or too difficult. So um, you also have to discuss, well, if you're not aligned with the company priorities or the company is not aligned with the employees or the individual's focuses or their priorities, you know, what do you need to do? You know, come to come to middle ground and negotiate that. You know, the company's got a goal to grow um, by the means that they do. Uh, we have measurables, metrics, which everyone has to attain. So we know we're doing the job along the way because that result doesn't just happen. You have to know that you're doing the right thing as the day goes by. <clears throat> so then <clears throat> it's all about talking to make sure that, well, if you're offline, what's happening? How do we how do we get you back on track? And the same for the personal side, is that taking that um, team member away from being focused as well? And that's why when I say the personal business needs to align on the focuses um, and the drive, and you get them to marry up, then you'll have a high degree of motivation and commitment because you also build that level of trust as well. Because what you'll tend to find is when you're measuring KPIs, key performance indicators and metrics and stats, you know, you can you can overdo this and all of a sudden micromanage. And then that leads into, you know, a distrust as well. And people feel that, you know, especially when you're um, at a certain level of communication and you have a higher level of understanding and you know, in a sales environment and, uh, you know, the professionals within our team, that's that's very easy to detect, you know, when they see that. So then you get that disengagement. So that's that's pretty much it, you know, just treat people like you would like to be treated as humans and understand that, you know, everything doesn't always surround work. You know, we all have to fit everything around that whole 24-hour day, that whole week and understand how you do that and how the team members do that, etc. And then you get that motivation where everything just fits. Absolutely. Uh, we use objectives and key results, which is a combination of uh, objectives plus KPIs or using KPIs to kind of assess the achievement of, of the objectives. And I think that's that's a great exercise to to bring the team together and define the OKRs for the year and the OKRs for the quarter. Review the OKRs from the last quarter and do the same for the coming quarter. Uh, but it's I admit something that you said that is uh, very good. When you are doing the weekly rhythms of uh, reviewing the OKRs and finding ways to improve those um, key results it's very easy to have a kind of uh, interrogation uh, kind of environment where people are being intimidated to let us know if they are achieving or not achieving and if that's their fault or not their fault and um, instead of having a mindset of how can we help each other as you we were saying in the beginning and how can we change what is not going as predicted and uh, how can we celebrate what is going really well, which is also important and praise people and, and teams that are uh, really going on, on the right uh, way. But it's, it's very easy 
to really start blaming each other and start trying to find who is the the guilty uh, person in the room instead of trying to think how can we help the team to achieve those goals so that's a very good one yeah, absolutely you don't want to back somebody in the corner where they become defensive that's not productive for anybody absolutely so and this is all related with number two the world-class team or uh, slash leadership as i like to call it and so during this peacetime or wartime that we are living in uh, nowadays so we need to keep the right people on on the right seats as as we scale uh, the team and, and the company so as a leader I, I would say that we need to dedicate a lot of time to this uh, to retain our current um, people and at the same time to always attract the best to um, to our teams and to keep building um, the team so what what are some of your lessons and, and takeaways on on building world-class teams? Um, the, the situation with building teams is um, it's it's all about recruiting, recruiting um, the right type of people. Um, I mean, you're never going to get the same formula that matches. You know, we can spend a lot of time analysing personalities and, and checking if they would fit. I mean, a computer, a machine can do that, you know, by looking and optical reading a CV. It's again, it's all about being in front of the person, understanding, you know, are they diverse enough? Do, do they have, they don't have to necessarily match the current team. And diversity is really good to bring in new ideas into the company because improvement in processes, um, added values helps evolve a company, you know, and that's, what makes a team successful, having that um, variation as well, um, which brings me on to the point is, you know, the employee is is one of the most valuable assets in the company, not just with Electronics Australia, but in worth in general, because they they part they they form part of the culture, you know, they develop that, they create the culture, they advance it, and that's what creates that um, that formidable team as well. So creating a team is really essential, you know, understanding how people work together, um, what skill sets they have, um, because there's a, there's, there's a big variation in function. So there's something that will fit everybody here and to develop that skill set, you know, but the main thing is to find out if you're talking to the team member and they were in control of this, how would they run this? And it nurtures quite a lot of, again, a lot of ideas that brings a lot of value into our current, our current situation, our current team, our current processes. You know, of course, they, everybody still has to have um, an element of development within the company. You know, but these are these are hard skills. You know, learning the system, learning uh, our product range, and the soft skills is what will be checked to determine, do they have the right motivation, passion, drive? You know, what gets them up in the morning? Why do they want to join with electronics? Why do they want to be in sales? Why do they want the role? 
what are they doing in front of this um you know the interview that they're applying for a vacancy um those questions will determine does that person have the right dna to understand um that worth electronics is a high service level provider are they motivated to do this because they have to be driven to do this you can't train somebody you know to to have that care factor to do this and then the rest of it the hard skills like i said learning um how to use our system that can be trained <laughs> right especially when you are in an environment where you have a major framework of execution you have major processes um, so it's it, it's really all about the attitude as you were saying and uh, and the and the connection with the mission and the vision, as you were saying in the beginning, uh, as well, and and, and of course uh, the cultural fit uh, to um, to fit in the culture and be able to work as a team member in in the shipment of the of the objectives or to get closer to the vision of the company. So good one. So let's move to the third ingredient: culture of uh, execution. Uh, so we had a lot of, we need to adapt to a working from home uh, environment. So how did you keep everyone on the same page? Do you have any special rhythms? Uh, and uh, how did you keep working the, or strengthen the culture during this working from home uh, environment? Um, well, I was actually quite fortunate. Um, the team here, uh, are very mobile you know they've had right. they've had um, quite a lot of experience over the years of traveling uh, across you know the big geography of Australia and New Zealand so naturally they they're a field-based team and they're prepared with the equipment and tools and the ability and skill set to be able to maintain build uh, relationships and keep in contact with a variety of platforms um they're close you know because again you they've built their relationships over the years it's the feeling you get it's like it's like um a, a christmas extended family reunion you know you don't talk to the family members all through the year but then when you meet up on that day, when we meet up on the video conference, when we meet up at sales meetings, when we get back on the phone, you pick up where you left off, you know, in the conversation. It's uh, <laughs> a great example. That's pretty much it. Um, so with the work at home situation, it, they have a different type of passion and competence here. So as long as they've got the both of those points, which, you know, I'm, I'm really confident every team member here has that, um, then, you know, they're engaged without one or the other, without the competence, you know, that's, that's the trained in hard skills and without the passion, which again, you know, it's one of the soft skills that you kind of have to have within you, that care factor. Without one of these, you know, you, you'll either get somebody who won't do it if they don't have the passion. And then without the um, competence, you get someone who can't do it. So, that that's a really they're, they're really good two ingredients in, in making sure that you know the team can adapt to work from home um and ultimately as i said before you know transparency 
which means the communication needs to be there um, so that we can continue moving along or whatever the goal is um, in the daily work, that we stay productive. So I think the work from home culture was, um, it came naturally for everybody and even for the internals, um, because they have had to maintain relationships with the field-based team, you know, they, there was a concerted effort for the, for the, um, for the team to make that extra um, contact. Excellent. That's great. So, uh, so what you, what you are saying in a certain way is that uh, this is already the way that you were working, uh, the environment that you were working in. So it was not too much of a, you didn't need, you didn't need too much in order to adapt to this new uh, environment because you were already working on, on this kind of uh, environment. So that's, that's a good one um, for you. And I know that uh, you were introduced by um, the vice president of uh, Earth uh, Electronics, uh, Rob Sparing, who has been on the show as well, uh, as you know, and he was quite delighted with the results that you were achieving and he recommended you to join us today. And I'm really happy to have you with us. So how were you able to drive amazing results uh, in, in this situation? So everything that we are listening from you in the podcast is everything was all right. <laughs> Nothing happened on this part of the world, but I know that you, you needed to face some, some challenges, I'm sure. How did I get everybody? Well, I guess they're, they're a small team, you know, um, Individually, as I said, everybody was um, very competent. You know, everybody had the skill set, they had the knowledge, they had the experience, they knew their territories really well, they knew their jobs very well, the products, the passion was there. You know, they, they're, they're really great ambassadors for WIF Electronics, you know, and they, and, and they care so much about making sure that they deliver to their customer, you know, not just products, but the service, you know, and that's that's their primary aim, you know, to deliver that service. The, the product is just part of that whole package. Um, however, they, they weren't, although they got on very, very well personally, there's a big difference between socially working well and actually working as a team. And that's where they took it to the next level was understand that, well, you know, we we got around, we we had dinners, we um, obviously spent time around the bar to make sure that we could get to that level of being very open with each other. And if something wasn't running right, just say it, you know, and then there's no hard feelings because that relationship's already sorted. And once you've had a, you know, that um, social interaction outside of the work environment to understand, well, I get an email like this from one of the team members, well, how they're being a bit harsh. Again, that could backtrack somebody emotionally as well. So that bar barrier was removed so that we could be become a much more higher level performing team by being brutally honest. So if something wasn't working, let's just talk about it. 
and be be yeah. honest. You know, if yeah. someone's not done something, or if somebody's, you know, if one team member expected X task to be done in a time period, in a particular way, and you know, there was no point fixing it, which that a lot of that was happening. You had to pull everybody in the direction, you know, this is how I want this to be performed. This is how long I want this to take. This hasn't been done. Why hasn't it been done? What can we do to fix it? You know, and um, and it's to make sure, you know, nobody ever feels that it's personal. It's just business. So when, when I got the team together to perform as a team, it made them a lot stronger because everybody has um, different skill sets. There was a big overlap. Um, but yeah, and we could use that to our advantage. I see that one of one of the core values is kind of being um, talking about the elephants in the room, right? So that's that's something really important to build trust uh, across uh, teams. So not being afraid of talking about what is not going well in a in a positive way and this can create a lot of fear and anxiety and sometimes it's very tempting for leaders to have to create this kind of sensation that everything is going well when it isn't and um, and you might have a lot of politics um, on backstage and uh, and this can ruin ruin completely um, the environment and the healthy relationship uh, among the team members, right? So I think that's, that's a very uh, good one to, and especially when we are also facing issues with the team, talking with the team about that instead of having one-on-one -on -one conversations behind them. So which can create even more distrust and uh, lack of transparency, uh, as you were saying. Okay. Cool. Listen, and I mean, I'm I'm part of the team as well. So, yeah. you know, as I as I say to every team member, I expect the same feedback. If there's something I've not done, you know, then they would be very welcome and I guess comfortable enough to tell me as well. Absolutely, love it. So we came to the last question of the show, which is if you would have the opportunity to meet yourself. Uh, when you joined the fourth in 2006, what advice would you offer to Ruth at that time? Well, ultimately, <laughs> we all know we can't travel back in time. So I would say the best thing to do is just take advantage of the opportunities and moments that are present currently in front of you. I see a lot of people think about you know what could they have done how would they have fixed it um so times the currency you can only spend it once so make sure you spend it wisely and um look at the moment right now and deal with it so i would keep telling myself that that's awesome Ruth, it was really a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for making the time and effort to be uh, awake uh, at, at this time in, in Australia to, to make this happen. 
and to share your lessons with the community. Yep, likewise, Mike. Thank you very much for inviting me on your show. It's been a pleasure. Awesome, and to our community, thanks for being on that side. We keep bringing you the best of the best, so you are able to scale your business from 1 million to 1 trillion. See you soon, and keep scaling. Thank you.